okay, maybe I was right. Maybe this horse is good again. And then the Pennsylvania Derby hit. And that was my last <laughs> You're just like, I'm done. Put him down. I can't you do know? it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I hate him, you know? There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets, racingdudes.com, for all of your needs, racingdudes.com, for all of your leads, racingdudes.com, for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jordan Welch, he's Aaron Alterman, this is Blinkers Off, what's up my man? What's going on, buddy? We're, uh, we got, got a big show lined up here, basically just an hour of bullshitting about the Breeders' Cup, right? That's what we got? Which... Which is kind of what people, I think, are doing right now. You know, we are in that weird time of the year that you, the the Breeders' Cup preps are over. Uh, the racing is is definitely lightened up, and you're kind of just on wait and see mode. We haven't, we don't have the pre entries out yet, so we've got two kind of weeks here before the pre entries come out this week and next week, where we basically have shows like this. We'll have a, uh, we have a this, and then we have. Uh, next week, we're thinking we might have uh, our boy John White, you know, on, on his annual. We, we skipped him this past uh, derby. Uh, and then it's like, well, we'll just wait to do it for the uh, Breeders' Cup. So I'll have John White on next week. I, not 90%. I mean, John. John will do it. But yeah. um, And then, of course, the week after, we got pre-entries for the Breeders' Cup. We'll talk about that. And then the next week, guess what? It's Breeders' Cup week. So uh, that's what we'll be doing. So, yeah, this is uh, a show that we're just going to... You know, come on, come on in. If you're if you're joining us live, if you know, tune in and, and listen and, and comment if on your. We're gonna go through our ten, the races we thought were the ten best of the Breeders Cup Challenge Series, and just kind of talk about how that, how those races are kind of impact what we were looking for when it comes to the Breeders Cup World Championships in a couple of weeks. So, uh, if you have a race that sticks out to you, let us know. But uh, yeah, a uh, couple more weeks, dude, and and we have already started. You know, the, the work is already starting. We're already planning the guide. We're already planning the content. We're already planning our trip. Uh, so, yeah, it's like the calm before the storm, no doubt. Yeah, and apologies. I forgot to hit record on my audio. So the first thing I said, you're going to have to use your version of it. Well, people don't realize it's listening. It's, we are together, obviously, right now. And so I always tell them, it's like, it's easier if we do this together because I control the audio. I know I can... I, I do record his audio on my end just as a, as a, <laughs> just to be safe, and it turns out it works. It needs to be safe every time because I have yeah. to save his ass every single time. You yeah. know, before we even hopped on live, he's like, I got it. Everything's figured yeah. out. will be no issues today. I've got this figured out, so we'll be good. Great. Well, I Thank think you. I do have it figured out. Like, I think it's sounding really <laughs> Clearly. good. I forgot to hit play. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, record. Oh, well, hold on. Did I hit play or record? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I hit record. We're recording Oh, uh, shit. So, so it should be smooth the rest of the show. Yeah, big show. 
lined up. Uh, yeah, a lot going on uh, uh, for the Breeders' Cup, but we're starting to starting to get news and and divisions kind of lined out. So it's going to be going to be fun. Going to be a good good Breeders' Cup, one of the better ones I think we've had. So yeah, I mean, as far as the classic goes, which obviously is the main event, um, yep. maybe one of the best. I mean, we've been following you know since Zinata's year, and I mean, probably the best classic as far as depth goes um that we've ever followed of course there's been stars and a lot of them that i mean even better than what we have uh this year but as far as the depth and we talked about it last week's show a little bit like what we have on the line as far as who's going to you know win horse of the year so much on the line for this breeders cup so it it's a huge one for sure um you know we we uh we are planning on being there so that's exciting as well um, we're, we're working on an idea, too, for the guide that I think you guys will really like and kind of help follow along with exactly how we're playing our bets. I mean, to the T, um, and we'll be there live, obviously, betting those ourselves and, and kind of interacting as we go along. So that'll be kind of fun. That'll be exclusive on the wagering guide we have coming out in a few weeks. Hopefully, the pre-sale will be available next week. But, all right, we got 10 races we're going to talk about on this, on this show. Uh, lots to talk about, but before we get into that, I know what mine is, but I'm saving it. What's the best yeah. thing you saw today? Well, there's two things. One happened literally right before we got on air. I played a joke on our good buddy Ryan Stillman. Uh, he was talking to me about boxing or, or asking if I liked it, and I did back in the day, but I, I just kind of I, I kind of just stopped following it. But I told him it was because that it made me really violent, and I got in a lot of bar fights and stuff like that, <laughs> and I almost got arrested. He believed everything I said, so that was really funny. <laughs> he even that told was- me, right? Right that was the air. issue, by the way. I know that's why you didn't record because you were so sidetracked by laughing at that. I could tell you were laughing when the intro song was coming yeah. on. I could see yeah. you, and I thought to myself, honest to God, I thought to myself, he's gonna forget to hit yeah. record. And yeah, I so it's like, Ryan's fault. It's Ryan's <laughs> fault for being so gullible. I don't know. It was really funny. Uh, the second thing uh, for me, uh, I, I spent the day in our uh, hometown, Jared, uh, and uh, I heard which is just a horrible little town all of a sudden but uh, it's really rough uh, but uh anyway favorite thing of today i it was my mom's birthday well it's tomorrow actually on friday is, is my mom's birthday but we went and saw her and kind of celebrated today and we got her like an apple watch because she's been wanting one because quote unquote i don't want to or i want to know when i get a call and that's like well that's why you have a cell phone but she treats a cell phone like like a land like a like a home phone she just (laughs) sits it in one place and doesn't move it (laughs) so when she's at work and she's like out in the front and the phone just stays in the back she doesn't bring it out she wants to watch to tell her when she gets a message which is fine okay but the funniest thing of the whole day we were setting it up for because obviously she had no idea how to set it up and uh it has like uh, the temperature, the outside temperature, yeah. on on the on the phone, right? It was fifty five degrees, and she looked at it. And she goes, "It's not fifty five degrees in here." And I said, "Because we were inside," and I said, "Mom, <laughs> it's the out. That's the outside. That's the outside temperature. Oh. How does it know what the temperature is outside?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought, like Heather and I, about hit the hit the ground, like with laughter. <laughs> so. She has a she's a, has a little trouble with the concept of how it all works, but um, <laughs> it's like we got her set up. We kind of explained that you know you got a weather app and it's it's you know blah blah blah. So uh, she's happy with it. Let's put it that way. But it was it was fun trying to get her to understand what it was. So it's like it's not like a thermometer where you could just stick Correct. it around yeah. wherever you're at. <laughs> yeah, it'll tell it you gauge temperature in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you yeah. know what? God bless our parents. You know that's. Uh, 
Do you think, like, I, I actually, I don't think I, I was thinking about, you told me earlier when you went to our hometown, I I can't remember the last time I was in town there. Uh, don't go. It's, it's been a minute. Um, it's usually a drive-thru, you know? It's a drive-thru town for sure. I don't go, I don't stop. But it wasn't yeah. that shitty when we were kids, right? I hope not. Uh, I don't feel like maybe, it was. Dude, like, so the, it, it's it's a really small town, and there's the, they have a Starbucks, but it's inside a grocery store. So, course we want it on the way home we get we go in there and it's just like this is it like i think i'm gonna get mugged in in the middle of the day in this grocery store i mean it's it's a it's a terrible place if you want like meth that's a good place to go (laughs) you get starbucks and your meth while you're there it's kind of handy you know yes yeah (laughs) they're selling meth out of the back i think (laughs) uh all right uh you know what the best thing I saw today yeah. is. Uh, just just uh, moments ago, the announcement, and it's right, Michael Myers, you know what I'm going to say. Le'Veon Bell signs with, who else? The Kansas City Chiefs. The running back, we, that's just hard to believe that, you know, it turned early in the week, early in the day, it was like he narrowed it down to uh, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Chiefs. And then you're thinking, well, surely it's got to be the Chiefs, right? Like out of those three, if you're wanting to, uh, but it one-year deal, so, you know, we're renting him, basically, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, I haven't seen the, the terms, but I'm sure it's not a huge uh, contract just because he's getting paid already from the from the Jets. And then you can kind of basically work it out as far as him showing his talent. If he's still got it, we'll see. Uh, and then he can sign a bigger deal somewhere else, you know. So we're renting it. He said he wants to win a championship, and that's where he wanted to go, so... Let's do it. You know, it's pretty awesome. So it's hard to believe between, you know, Mahomes, now Bell, uh, of course, Tyree, Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman. Uh, it's just insane. Um, of course, Clyde coming in and out. Um, it's just, hey, yeah, you know what? The rich get richer, Michael. It's true. But as a lifelong Chiefs fan, it's it's been bad. I mean, we're it, it's been really bad. So it feels nice to to get on that side of things every once in a while. So you know, when I remember whenever when Bell was the the free agent, right? He'd held out. You're like, could the Chiefs actually? You know, they need a running back. They were kind of in the need after the Hunt debacle, and and you're kind of like, well, maybe they will. And it's like, well, the deal would just been it wouldn't have made sense. So this is like the perfect thing. Not only did they go ahead and win a Super Bowl, anyways, now you get to rent him for another year at a much reduced cost and you still already have this hopefully future superstar in in Clyde uh uh Edwards Hilaire and then you kind of he can kind of not jump right in you know so you can kind of develop him a little more so uh yeah well I'm sorry (laughs) that's bad at least yeah being a Jags fan's gotta be rough but you know at least uh you got the uh the mustache Minshew that's fun so uh (laughs) Uh, but no, so very, very good uh, good day for the Chiefs. It's awesome, you know, coming off that loss, was, which sucked. Um, but, you know, he's going to, I think, protocols, he's sit out five days uh, as far as COVID stuff goes. So he's obviously going to miss uh, the Monday night game against the Bills, which, you know, that'll be a good game, and then mm-hmm. hopefully be back the following week. But he might actually be, might be two weeks out uh, before we actually get to see some action from him. But, yeah, that'll be fun. Obviously, gear it up for the later half of the season. So, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. I thought I think it's interesting that it kind of came down to the Chiefs and the Bills, and they're playing Monday night. You know, yeah, that was the other rumor, and and the Dolphins as well. I guess I don't. I never really took the Dolphins seriously because it's like if you're if the Chiefs and the Bills, like the Bills would have been a good spot for him. They're good, 
but why are you leaving the Jets to go to the Dolphins? Yeah, that is, I know the Dolphins are better, but that's a lateral still. move, though. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you need to go somewhere you can win, and those two made sense, and the Chiefs obviously made the most sense for him. So yeah, it should be good. Uh, it, boy, if you got if you own the Chiefs running backs, that's going to be frustrating to see what they try to do with both of them. Um, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, as you're a bell owner and uh, in, in our fantasy league, and uh, it's one of those things that you have you feel obligated to start him because it's a running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but he'll there'll be weeks where you it, it you know Clyde gets a lot of touches or whatever, and or just you know you're basically taking a running back splitting their carries essentially. So, but yeah, we'll see how how it plays out. You never know. Um, you know, Andy Reid, that's one thing about him with the running back situation. He's always been kind of, he runs with the hot hand, you know, in a game. So if Le'Veon gets hot in a game, yep. he'll stick with him, even um, even if it's necessarily, you know, Clyde's weak, so to speak, or whatever. So, um, and vice versa, you know, or if, you know, if Bell fumbles the ball, he's out. You know, like they're, that's very much Andy Reid. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of use the two backs, but hell, that's a a good problem to have as far as just general uh, a general fan as an as a fantasy owner yeah it's maybe gonna be a little frustrating but uh when, I, when you're one and four you don't give a shit and i don't have any of those players so <laughs> i'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> right, root exactly. for, i'm just gonna root for the chiefs all right uh let's get to it today's show we're gonna take a look back at the top 10 performances from the 2020 breeders cup challenge series winning your in prep races and how to use these to help handicap the upcoming breeders cup world championships at keeneland let's go All right, we are just weeks away from the Breeders' Cup World Championships at Keeneland, and we thought we would take a look at the top 10 performances of these Challenge Series races all year. You know, throughout the whole year, we've had these important races that we, as we lead into these uh, World Championships, and, you know, if you go to racesnews.com, there's an article, and there's links and, and videos to all these races. Um, you can go back and watch those as well. Um, you know, but we go number 10 through 1 here, and we would just... We would kind of run through the races that we thought were the most important, the most exciting, the you know the ones that we think are going to have some sort of influence on the Breeders' Cup. Maybe how that result might dictate how you handicap that per- that particular division, things like that. Just kind of a fun way to uh, what is this? A uh, little birdie told me you guys might do a snake draft for Breeders' Cup. I haven't heard that, but maybe you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they talked about on uh, the Magic Mike show. I, I'm not going to comment on it. I have an idea of what he's talking about. I'm not going to comment on it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, without further ado, it's not that people know more than I do. Um, <laughs> we are going to go through the top 10 uh, races of uh, 2020 for the Breeders' Cup preps. Remember, go to racedudes.com to watch these races again. And if you're, watch, if you're listening to this after the fact... Uh, these the sound bits will come uh, you know with the uh, each race. All right, let's do this. Number ten, the personal insight. It's midnight, Bizu and Vexatious, and the champ is challenged here. Midnight, Bizu, Vexatious. The two of them come down to the finish in the Grade One personal ensign, and it's going to be Vexatious to win it by a head. Vexatious pulls off the upset. Midnight, Bizu was second. This one was it seems like forever ago. Uh, midnight, Bizu. Which I think it was her last race, right? That was when her last uh, yep. last effort yep. there got beat by Vexatious um, in an awesome stretch run that uh, was th- you know it was a thrilling result. And obviously Vex- Vexatious is still on the trail; is still going to be running in the uh, Longines Distaff. 
but you know she's gonna be a huge prize. So you know, I you know obviously no midnight bizu. She's retired. So it kind of comes down to vexatious. And and you know I think she's one of those horses that yeah I mean she was thumped by uh, with by Monomoy girl, but she's also a horse that sometimes just runs massive races and she's sometimes can be dangerous so what do you i mean is vexatious she'll be a huge price in the breeders cup probably be like 30 to 1 in the breeders cup so did you take her for real at all no no meaningless race as far as the breeders cup but an absolutely fantastic race as far as a as a just a, a good race there at saratoga that comes down to a you know a, not really a head bob but close i mean a very close finish and uh, a huge upset there were, were the graveyard of favorites at Saratoga. And Midnight Bisu goes down. Unfortunately, it's her last race. But no, I don't think Vexatious has much of any chance to win uh, at, at the Breeders' Cup. I would be shocked if she wins. Uh, you know, she's been waxed twice by Monomoy Girl. And really, when you look at her resume and what she's done overall, it's unexplainable that she was able to beat Midnight Bisu that day. She just did. And, and give all credit to her for that day she's going to have to run that again. And I just don't see that happening. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, this was, this was one I'm glad you put on the list because it was a hell of a race. And you're right. It does seem like three years ago they, they ran this race, but this was a knockdown drag out and it didn't look like at the top of the stretch. It looked like midnight Bisu was just going to fly right by and was, okay, well, this is what we thought. And it turned into a battle, uh, that, that vexatious won. Um, but no, I, I don't think she could beat Monomore. Yeah, you know, this was August 1st, and it, it does feel like it was a lifetime <laughs> yeah. ago, for sure. And, and, and you remember, they, there was an inquiry as well. So it was, it was mm -hmm. a very very uh, awesome stretch run. We kept waiting for Monomoy, or uh, to, for Midnight Bizu to get by her, and just, this, you know, and Vexatious just wouldn't give it up. And, and uh, of course, Vexatious went on to get, you know, then we, she ran against Monomoy the next time out, and you kind of thought, okay, we'll see how for real she is or not. And obviously, um, she wasn't. Uh, but, yeah, that was a... Just a hell of a race, and I agree with, uh, with I mean, obviously with Michael, because, you know, we, Monomoy is the, probably a pick in the, in the in the Breeders' Cup distaff, but who you use underneath, you know, and, and Vexatious is capable. Thing is, you, do you want to get beat by Vexatious? Like, say you play the Exacta uh, with Monomoy with, I mean, Monomoy uh, Vexatious pays a, pays a huge amount. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing about it is I'm not sure that will because of all the, the horses that aren't going to be there all of a sudden, you know? Like at one time we thought Gamine and Swiss Skydiver and Midnight Bisu and Monomoy Girl, and now it's just kind of Monomoy Girl. Are we in a situation now where Vexatious is like the second or third choice in the race? And now you're looking for the other Vexatious, so to speak. You know, like I, now I'm looking for the for the shitty version of Vexatious to come up and hit and hit the board. Not the one that, that is actually her that could be like six or eight to one, because I don't know who else is gonna be in it that's very good. I know. You know? I know. Like it fell apart. The race completely fell apart, especially the Swiss skydiver goes to the classic, which which seems to be what's going to happen. Which she should, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's it's tough because you just don't know, you know, no, she dares a devil. Swiss skydiver obviously going to run the classic, so then you're just yeah, that's she dares a devil. That's another one. You're yeah, just left with who you're going to use, you know, um, and like you kind of the same horses that Bonamore Girl's been beating is now what we're left with. When in the time we were like. Well, she's running against the B horses, and then she'll have to face the A horses. All the A horses are gone. Yeah. So, to me, I would look for a twenty to one shot over Vexatious. Do they do a? Uh, they do a Distaff Classic Double. I'm sure they do. Um, oh yeah. 
do yeah, well like, they used to when it was friday saturday i don't know now that they will do that oh yeah that's true i think now it's the juvenile classic that they do oh yeah so i think you're right actually because the juvenile is the main yeah. um mm -hmm. let's see if i can look because i was gonna say you know if you could pound the yeah it's juvenile classic so yeah that makes it a little more i mean of course you could with juvenile you might have one too you know like where you have a pretty a pretty uh heavy single and then the classic, you know, yep. you can go seven or eight deep in the classic um, and hope you get, you know, last year's uh, juvenile classic course, you had a huge price in the juvenile, um, but it paid $300 uh, yeah. for a $1 uh, double there. So, uh, you know, it, it, it could pay, I guess. Of course, I don't know. I mean, if you, but if you have Jackie, Jackie's Warrior and say, you know, improbable, it's not going to pay shit. So, um, so it's one of those, if you think the classic is super deep, might be something to play there. But yeah, I was thinking if you played the distab, you can play Monomoy, um, yeah. as well. All right. Yeah. So that, yeah, again, that race made the list because like that was, it kept falling further and further back. I was like, I got to include it because that finish, when you're talking about finishes of a, of a race, it's one of the best, um, that we've seen all year. All right. Number nine. The Judmont International. KR passes the furlong marker. Stills too clear. Magical battling as ever in second place. But KR has not seen another rival. And he's going to see them all off here in the Judmont. He's relentless. KR completes a great Group 1 hat-trick and wins the Judmont from Magical. Lord North in third and Cameco next. Now, you guys might be thinking, what the hell is that? This was back in, I think, like, August. August... 19th, uh, Jumont International, which is a Breeders' Cup, uh, you probably don't even know this, a Breeders' Cup challenge race for the Classic. You know, <laughs> right? And this horse, you need to know, this horse, this made the list, because this horse may actually run, or at least is going to be entered in the uh, Classic and the Turf. And this is Gaeth? Gaeth? Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. um, Gaeth. Very impressive horse who was awesome that day uh, and then went on to, which we'll talk about here in a second, spoiler alert, uh, but went on to lose to Magical, uh, who is going to run, we think, uh, in the Longines turf. So another horse that's very impressive but got beat. So that race is it's just one of those, when you're talking about international horses coming over for the vast majority, you know, of all the 14 Breeders' Cup races, this is one of the ones that stands out. Yeah, this was a really cool international race, no doubt about it. And, and, and you know, these international horses in the past have, have entered the Classic after winning a race like this, and they haven't fared well at all. So I really hope that's not what they do. I hope Gaiath goes to the turf uh, where, where he's going to have a big shot to win, but I, not in the Classic. Please do not put this horse in the Classic, especially against this Classic field that's really tough to begin with. And most of them are, but this one's even more tough. I, I would steer clear, go to the turf with this horse, and he's going to be a player. And here's why, and spoiler alert, uh, like you said, when we talk about Magical, we'll bring this up again. That division here in, here in the United States, the turf, has not been good. Not been good at all. So an international horse is going to win that, most likely. And if not, it's going to be considered a big upset. So this is this is the type of horse you need to start start researching now. Yep, I agree. And you know, and yeah, I, I, hopefully they don't run the classic because I know yeah. it was a winning run, and then the horse gets beat in the actual turf challenge race, which we'll talk about in a second. But still, I mean, like you say, the the, the, the percentages, the numbers don't bode well for horses that are coming from the turf 
and trying the classic, especially this year when we've established how tough this classic is going to be. Um, but yeah, it was a very impressive. Again, go to racetoos.com, watch that. I have the replay up there on the on the website. Uh, but yeah, Gaeth, uh, the number nine, number nine Judmont International, that was our ninth. All right, let's move on to more of a familiar one. Number, wait, number eight, <laughs> the Stephen Foster. But with a 16th to go, it's total domination for Tom's Data. Tom's Data scores by four. By my standards was second. Silver Dust was third. Multiplier was fourth. That's four in a row for Tom's Data and the Breeders' Cup down the road, too. The Stephen Foster was back in uh, June. Talk about forever ago. June 27th, to be exact. Tom's Diatot wins that race, and it's a Breeders' Cup winner in for the Longines Classic. And this had to be included for just by the pure, powerful performance that we saw that day. This horse, obviously, lightly raced because it hasn't been seen since getting beat by Improbable uh, in the Whitney, but... Uh, you know, it, it, the horse is, I mean, we know what he, like, we've talked about this. Like, he might be the best horse in the field. We don't really know. This, I mean, when he's been good, he's been awesome. He's one you definitely have to watch. And Tom Zatoff, he brings that Stephen Foster effort that we saw to Keeneland. It's lights out for everybody else. He will be the classic winner. And at that time, and we were live on air doing a live show when that happened, and by the way, you're right. That seems like 16 years ago when that happened. I, I think <laughs> when he ran, we only had like eight or nine tracks even open at the time. And that was a huge, right. huge day. Uh, Maxfield uh, won, uh, won that day. We had Midnight Bisu was on that card. Tom's at top. I mean, we, it was mm -hmm. such a great card. Anyway, he brings that Stephen Foster effort. It's lights freaking out for the rest of it. That was probably the most dominant performance of the year. Big problem. He ran one more time, like you, like you said. He stumbled so bad out of the gate in the Whitney. It was awful. Went to his nose. Still ran a decent third, closed on that track, and then we haven't seen him since. And that is the big key problem. We haven't seen him since August 1st. And now he's running on November 7th in a the biggest race of the year, the toughest race of the year. So that's the problem with him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing to me, like, that's what makes him so dangerous. Obviously, the layoff is the bigger concern. The, his loss isn't the biggest concern because it wasn't like he ran his race and he got beat. I mean, he had every excuse in the book. He still made this awesome run to try to do something, you know, in the race. And just obviously, and, we, and now knowing what we know with Improbable, obviously, that's <laughs> that was a lot to ask. But um, the question is the layoff, you know, we haven't seen it for so long and, and you hate, I mean, I know I do whenever you just like when they decide to wait for like, or we're just going to train up to the, I hate, the words train up to the, whatever enter the race is like, Oh no. You know, like it's just, I hate it because yeah. it usually means something's off with the horse and, or they're not completely confident in the horse. And you know, they don't, they're not ever going to just like, if you don't, if you have a horse that's firing all cylinders, why are you, not running them and so that's my concern with him but like you said Stephen foster race and that's why i made the list is because it was you know it, as far as performances go just impressive performance powerful impressive performances it was probably the one of the best races of the year improbable which we'll get to here in a little bit maybe close to that but yeah i mean if he brings that it's gonna be hard to beat him no there's no question there's no question about it i mean he just looked like a different breed that day it was awesome 
Are you worried, Michael Myers asks? Are you worried with the uh, ten for lungs with him? Not really. No, I, I my my only concern is is that layoff. That's it. I, I think I think he gets the mile and a quarter fine. Um, it, it's maybe he doesn't get the mile and a quarter off of a, a freaking two and a half month layoff, but I think um, you know I he's got it in him to do it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he does not concern me um, from that. You know, that he's always been the classic horse for me until obviously, you know, we hadn't seen him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I always thought, before, especially before Improbable erupted, and of course, before Tis the Law really started getting going on the on the Triple Crown, you know, I was like, well, Tom C. Todd, this is, this is, this is he's going to win the classic. Even after he lost the Whitney, he was still my number one horse for the classic. It's just, it, right. it's just the, it's just the layoff. I just don't get it. Uh, but my goodness, you have to use him. And if I'm sitting here and saying he's he's he, his best race is is going to win it, then you better damn well use him. If you're me, yeah. If you're sitting if you're sitting here after the Breeders' Cup and you and you're like, oh, well, I had the I almost had that pick five, but I <laughs> I didn't have the classic. Well, who who you know, who beat you? Tom C. What? Take a baseball bat to your head if you, if that's yeah, exactly. the case. Yeah. If 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 by my standards beat you, I could say, well, yeah. you know, that's tough to get there with all those other horses. I understand yeah. that's. Brutal, but still, but Tom's a tot. No thanks. Well, hey, hey by my standards, is a really, really nice horse. And Thompson Tot beat him in this race like he was a donkey. I mean, it was a terrible. He wasn't even close to him. And by my standards, is won big races this year. So and let's not forget, I I know it was a long time ago and not the distance of the classic, but you know, Thompson Tot beat the shit out of improbable at Oakland. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it, again, it was going a mile. It was not totally, I mean, you can't really compare, but let's not, if you're talking about class, at that point, that early in the year, first start of the year, to the Stephen Foster, he was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're sitting here saying, listen, if we, if he can get back to that, then improbable doesn't know what he's up against yet. You know, Mm -hmm. see, he has, that's not a horse that he's kind of, that he's faced. And since, the Oakland race, right so. yeah he has been um, actually <laughs> he yeah does and, he, know. <laughs> and, he, and he was eating dirt yeah eating exactly. mud that day. so um so yeah that's why we have to use them all right let's go to the next one here number seven the champagne jackie's warrior still in front jackie's warrior now gets clear jackie's warrior in front by three reinvestment risk will be second Jackie's Warrior to remain undefeated. She puts in a sparkling performance to win the champagne. Now, this one's recent. <laughs> this one's recent. This was just recently here. Uh, and this one, I mean, I wanted to make this one lower, to be honest with you. But you have to use this one because Jackie's Warrior might be this lowest priced favorite of the two days. He was unbelievable in the champagne. This two year old is undoubtedly going to be one of the top derby prospects as we move into next year. He was awesome in the champagne. To me, this is the most likely winner of the Breeders' Cup, Jackie's Warrior. I just think he's head and shoulders above the rest of the class. And you throw him and Monomoy Girl. I think those are the two, right, that, that, that seem like those are locks as of now. Uh, but Jackie's Warrior, I'm going to tell you, that was a really, really impressive, impressive champagne after a really, really impressive hopeful I mean, he just looks really good at this point. Uh, I guess you could say after a really, really uh, uh, impressive Saratoga special. So he like every race is amazing from him. Uh, This is one I just don't have much worries. 
you know, the last time the Breeders' Cup was at Keeneland, there was a horse by the name that song by the name of Songbird on the on the Philly side of things that won the juvenile. And this is what Jackie's Warrior reminds me now on the male side of things. It's like, okay, this is your standout juvenile who just looks better than everybody else. Uh, so he's going to be awfully, awfully tough to beat. You know, and I think reinvestment risk, who has finished second to Jackie's Warrior twice, including this race here in the Champagne, I think he's a really nice horse. He can't, he can't even touch Jackie's Warrior. You know, he's tried twice, and it's like, man, he yeah. can't even make up any ground on him. Uh, one last thing I want to say, uh, Magic talked to me about this earlier in the week. Uh, Richard Migliori, uh, Migliori from uh, the Naira broadcast uh, compared this champagne win uh, to Seattle Slough. And if you look up Seattle Slough's champagne win, they did look very, very similar. Now, he didn't say he's the next Seattle Slough, but just comparing those two races, they look very similar. Fast early, even faster late. So, Yeah, I mean, this is the worst. And, you know, and that's another thing, too, is – you know, we see it a lot with not well, not maybe this type of uh, romping, but you know, whenever you have a two-year-old that's just clear, like you say with Songbird, just clear head and shoulders better than whoever you know, whatever's out there yet. And again, you know, what happens as this horse develops three-year-olds and they and the other two-year-olds slash three-year-olds keep you know start to catch up, things change. But right now, when you go into the Breeders' Cup, you're just like, I haven't seen anything that could match up with this horse. You know, there's just not, I mean, what would have to happen for this horse to lose? Um, and that's kind of how it was with Songbird when she came into the Breeders' Cup. Um, you know, and then you never know how they develop, but yeah, I agree. He, he should be probably one of the, the best bets, if not the best bet of the two days. Um, just because he, you know, and he, you know, when you look at this, the Philly side of the juveniles, that's become a little bit tougher, even though Princess Newer was awesome. There, there's some other decent fillies out there that have been winning some races, whereas you look at the, the male side, Jackie's Warrior has just been head and shoulders um, impressive. And so, that yeah, this this race here, the Champagne, was just, when it comes to the, the two-year-old side, had to be the best two-year-old race we've seen all year, and so easily made the list at number seven. All right, let's go to the next one. Number six. The Irish champion. Success Armory stays on, racing towards the final furling and a half. Roll up, roll up. It's Magic Head over their side. Who's trying to exact revenge on Gaeth? Armory is on the outside with Sotsas. It's magical for her second Irish champion states. Lowers the colours of Gaeth. Alright, magical upsets the horse that we talked about, Gaeth, earlier. And this was a Breeders' Cup. Uh, winning her in for the Longines turf. So Magical upsets the Philly. Magical upsets um, and wins here. And so obviously the turf is the, is the idea there. But this had to be included because the turf, like you said, is a very, you know, on our side of, uh, of the country or of the world, uh, we don't have much, you know. And so you got to think that these, ho- these two horses, one of those, if not both, if they come over, will have a shot to win this race. Yeah, I, I really, I really, really like her a lot. I mean, I, I've liked Magical for a long time. Um, you know, came over here in 2018 and got second uh, in, in the Breeders' Cup to a horse that was pretty darn good. I think you might have heard of her. Her name was Enable. So uh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that effort. Uh, so love love the fact that she could be coming back. Hope she does. And, I, you know, like I said, I think she'll be pretty tough to beat here. She always shows, I mean, this is a really consistent horse. She always shows up with a good effort, you know, 25 starts, 19 first or seconds. So, uh, you know, 
you know, 19 of 25 finishing first or second. That ain't bad, especially when you're facing the kind of company that she keeps uh, overseas. And then, of course, she comes to the Breeders' Cup and, and runs into an able, you know. So uh, it was no 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 class drop for her there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I, I'm always excited for the international runner. You got to remember, I, I just had to pull up that. Uh, and, I don't, and I don't know what, if you have the, I don't have her uh, buyer that day. But I know the numbers on the echo base, which I don't know what those are. But I know I, I have an idea of how those numbers run. Magical had a 132 that day, which is and lost, which is huge. <laughs> I, like it's one of the highest I've ever seen on echo base. Um, yeah. And lost, yeah, lot. You know, and you got to look like only lost by three quarters of a length, and just it was a hell of a race. They were they were <laughs> nine lengths ahead of Saddler's Joy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, that was it one, was a hell of a race. That was one of those two that we, of course, like us and the entire world had enabled singled. And so you're like, kind of thinking, oh shit, this is a race. Like we've got a race here. Magical is not going to give into this. So yeah, I mean, I think just naturally, considering you have, she came into this race beating the boys, beating Gaeth, who probably will, if he does come to this race, you know, she should be not. I mean, she's like the poor man's version of Enable this year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Michael Myers asked a question about what kind of price we might get on her four to one or, since she's a Philly or, uh, you know, might be a, a favorite because of her record. It, I, I hate to answer it like this, but it really just depends on who else comes. We're not sure uh, internationally who's coming yet. But I don't think, I mean, she might be the favorite. You still might give a decent price, price like three to four to one, but she's going to beat that pretty hard. Yeah, and you know... The thing about her is, like Halterman, you said, and I know she won last time out, and I know she would have won if there was no Enable here last year or two years ago, uh, but it's tough, right? Because she's one of those that likes to finish second and third and run really well, and so it's, it's she's a tough one to to get, like, super excited about as far as, like, there's my single heading into the Classic or whatever, because she yeah. can beat you, and she'll make you very pissed, and so it make makes sense in that race. And I and I'll you know the uh, kind of a side note the our Breeders Cup uh, supplemental guide the thing we hand out for free every year that has the fourteen trends and the and the turf obviously is one of the races will be on there, and it's always interesting like you know as a dom is how dominant the internationals are on the turf or whatever you know, and so that might be a race where you're like listen just play the internationals and move on you know like yeah I, I think you're right and just real quick uh she was 10 to 1 in 2018 uh and of course uh, enable was four to five so that inflated everybody's prices but she was 10 to 1 the good news is if you're hoping well maybe we can get a price on her um she was the one two three she was the uh, fifth choice that day uh channel maker was uh seven to one uh, Robert Bruce was nine to one. Uh, Walljice was uh, five to one, and then of course Enable. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that everybody thought was kind of worried that might be able to beat Enable that day. Right, uh, right. It, Channel yeah. Maker being uh, seven to one is is <laughs> pretty hysterical. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he finished like third from last that day. But anyway, that's kind of kind of gives you an idea of what she was in 2018. I don't think we see that type of field this year, though. So expect a shorter price for sure. And by the way, just as like a, a frame of reference, that was two years ago. Channel Maker, I mean, <laughs> the horse still wins. Like it's just one. 
Yeah. So it's like, yeah. any what do you finish? Do you say third to last that day? Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives you kind of a framework. Like, there, I mean, as far as what we have to offer when it comes to this race yeah. is not anywhere close to what these horses are that are going to be coming in from overseas. So that's why that seems like a, just a slam dunk. Play the horses, that the unknowns, the internationals, whatever, and just I feel like you can kind of count on that. So if one of these horses yep. from over here knocks off Gaeth and Magical, then it's just like, dude, <laughs> okay, yeah. where the hell's that been all year? You know, so... Um, like when little Mike won it, remember that when that <laughs> horse went wire to wire at Santa Anita, and it's like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. little Mike. Yeah. You're like what? You're like you're, walking, you're looking at the horse in the winter circle. You're like what the fuck just happened? Like what? Yeah. seriously, all just year we worked on this all, like for this long, and little Mike just won. Like yeah, that's the most frustrating thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks to the next one, number five. The ballerina. Serengeti Empress is still there. On the outside, here's Bellafina. Serengeti Empress, Bellafina, victim of love down at the rail. A 16th of the finish. Serengeti Empress trying to hold on. On the outside, it is Bellafina. Serengeti Empress is going to win the grade one ballerina. Now, this one is interesting because you talk about just one of the more fast, throw it down impressive performances of the year. Serengeti Empress, a horse that needs no introduction when it comes to her speed, wins this race for the Philly and Mare Sprint. And of course, moving forward to the Breeders' Cup, you you got to, you know, you, you have to wonder who's going to be in the, the Philly and Mare Sprint. Are we going to see uh are we going to see a, you know, the challenger to her speed as in the horse what's what was the uh what's the horse around the Oaks? The Baffert horse. Um, Gamin. Gamin. Is Gamin going to run here? Is, if Gamin runs in this race against her, uh, how fast are they going to go? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, you know, do they do they, do they they cancel each other out, so to speak, because they're both in the race? But, but this race, it, as, it, as it stands, made the number five because it was that impressive. I mean, when, when Sarah Empress is good, she is great. Oh, yeah, and this is the race where she didn't break very well and you're like oh she's done and then they just rushed her to the lead and she wouldn't she wouldn't let anybody buy hell of a race she backed it up in my opinion last time out at churchill down she absolutely threw down the gauntlet again and got absolutely nipped at the line by bell's the one who by the way will will also be in the sprint so and you talk about gamine and surrogate empress and all they want to do is go fast well bell's the one could get the perfect setup again uh so this is this is and another thing, this is a race where we usually get a price. No matter what it looks like on paper, we usually get a price. I remember when Unique Bella was like, this horse will be unbeatable in this race at Del Mar. And she yeah. got smoked and we got a huge price. Uh, Shamrock Rose in 2018 was a big price. It just, it just, sometimes it happens. Uh, and really recently it's happened with this, with this race. So uh, a lot to, to kind of unpack here. Um, I really hope this is early in the day where it doesn't kind of ruin the late pick four, pick five, because this is a race I'm going to be really confused by. I already am. Uh, but yeah, but as far as the ballerina, probably the race of the year, in my opinion, for the, for the Philly sprinters, like this was, you know, just a fun, fun race. (laughs) Like that's one. It's like people were texting me that aren't really horse racing fans or watching that day and going, damn, that was awesome. You know, cause that was, uh, that was August 8th. Was that Travers day? Yeah, yeah, and so uh-huh. that was, you know, we were doing the live feed. I remember that, watching that race, and we were all just got mm-hmm. back on the air. We're like, damn. Like, that was yeah, one of those where you just are like, holy shit. Like, 
That and that's why the whole time she's gonna lose. And that's yeah. why I I love horses like this that throw it down because when they are like when they are that good, it's just takes your breath away almost because it's just they're so fast and they're so impressive when they just put them all away. And that's what that's what Serengeti Empress is about. And to your point about prices, when you have this kind of crazy speed like that year with Unique Bella, and it folds, then this shit just happens. Like it just gets yeah. it just gets nutty. Horses that have no business winning the Breeders' Cup race, but the pace just completely collapses on them, and all of a sudden the setup is just like they're like, "Hey, I'll take it," and that's when you get these massive prices. So if you think, you know, I think it's one of those races that if you think Serengeti Empress and Gamine being in the same race, if that's a, if that's what happens, you think the pay, it's just they're gonna you're gonna completely burn each other out. Don't just settle on well, you know, Bell's the one or whatever. Like that's the horse that's gonna, yeah, maybe. But also, what if it's you know, name three or four different horses that are thirty to one that yeah. could close. Uh, you just be good closers, or you know, and and make this thing just pay massive. And so, yeah, I think when you ha- when you have a crazy setup like that, sometimes you just kind of kind of have to get weird. Well, and I'm a firm believer these these horses that lay it down on the line they they get to a point where they bounce huge. And so you have Serengeti Empress who seems to have ran her eyeballs out two straight times, and now you're going to add in Gamine. She might throw in the towel early this time. She's been known to do that in the past. So I think it's going to be a wild one. I think the ballerina, or I think not the ballerina, I think uh, the, the, the Philly Mare Sprint's going to be a weird race. Like, well, what, well, what's awesome is you've got, it's going to go to one of two ways. Like, it's either going to be unbelievably impressive. Gamine or Serengeti Empress yep. are just going to be, like, they'll just keep going. You'll be like, holy shit, I'll be with another ballerina. Or it'll be like, oh man, like, this is this unfold, this is collapsing. And it's going to be a mad rush. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this one is is wide open as far as that. But as far as that race, the Ballerina, sprinting, Philly Mare Sprint, it's got to be the race of the year in that department. So had to make the list, and that was just super impressive. So number five. All right, number four, the Haskell. Authentic, just breezing through the stretch. Opens up to lead it by three lengths. New York traffic trying so hard, and he is closing the gap now. Here comes New York traffic after Authentic. Authentic New York traffic are going to hit it together. Here it is. Photo finish. Authentic in New York traffic. Your Kentucky Derby winner. Authentic. Barely holds on in one of the most unbelievable finishes we saw all year. Barely held off NY traffic that day. Of course, we come to find out there's so many things that have happened since, right? (laughs) That... At the time, you're like, oh my gosh, this horse will never get the, get, get the derby distance. This horse, you know, he'll never do it. And then what the hell? Like, you know, and he never wanted to go that far. Barely held off in white traffic. And then, and then he learned, well, he had earplugs in. And Mike was uh, was just smooching at him. And he never heard him. And that's what ultimately got him off the horse. And that's why Johnny V got him on the horse. And that's why maybe he won the Kentucky Derby. And why he lost the Preakness. <laughs> and why he lost the Preakness. Yeah, there you go. So that race had to... Lo- this race spade the list for a lot of reasons. Let's put it that way. One, it's the most you know, impressive and just kind of fun, uh, exciting finishes of the year. Obviously, it had... Your Kentucky Derby winner as the winner, so that had to be uh, part of that as well. And then also just kind of like you said, the aftermath of what transpired after that kind of <laughs> played into the rest of the year as far as the Triple Crown. But the Haskell in itself, I mean, it produced Authentic, who obviously has been great, so made the list. This horse, Authentic, is definitely not a jockey's best friend, right? So Drayden Van Dyke got fired from him after the Santa Anita Derby, and then Mike Smith left him after the Haskell. 
And now Johnny V is seems to be in trouble. <laughs> he's like a curse. Yeah. And the problem is he's just really a quirky horse and he's got to have certain things. Like he can place himself in a great spot, but you have to make him do it. He's not going to do it on his own. Um, but yeah, this was a hell of a race. The Haskell was, was one that just kind of made you go, what the hell just happened? Because he turned for home <laughs> and everybody watching thought, wow, this is going to be like a 12 length win. <laughs> yeah. With every stride. NY traffic. Even the way, even the call too, it was just like, well, oh, here yeah. we go. This is, this yeah. is going to be just a, a walk in the park and he's just dominating this race. And, and then <laughs> he kept, uh, he kept kind of, like you say, the closer they got to the wire, it got a little more tense and a little more intense. I mean, it's just like, okay, laid back. This is awesome. Even, even 50 yards from the wire, it's like, well, okay, he's slowing down. He's still going to win by three. And then it, it came from like three links ahead to he's a half ahead. So did he hold on? Like, holy shit. And then he goes on to win the Derby off that effort, naturally. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but listen, Authentic's going to be a big-time player in the Classic one way or the other. And the Haskell, definitely one of the most memorable races uh, of the season. So uh, definitely, you know, deserves to be this high on the list for those two reasons. Yeah, for sure. Number four, uh, the Haskell. And again, it, it was just an unbelievable uh finish so if you're if you're listening you've already heard the the clip if you want to watch the full race you've got to go watch this because you know this yeah. was back in uh gosh when was this is july 18th so again if this feels like a lifetime ago um and a lot, obviously a lot's transpired since but one thing it's held true is authentic's form i mean authentic is has been awesome so you've got to give credit where credit's due and, and obviously produce a really nice horse in authentic who will be heading to the classic next with We'll see who's writing, you know, <laughs> who knows, yeah, yeah, who knows at yeah. this point, it might be Halterman. Um, <laughs> it won't be me. <laughs> that's your, that's your horse. You might. All right. Number. He's my horse, but I'm going to write him. <laughs> number three, the Met Mile. The coma narrowly warriors charge in behind his network effect. McKenzie's on the outside with endorsed and out in the middle of the track. It is Code of Honor. They're coming down for the 16th pole. And here comes Code of Honor on the outside. Vacoma continues the battle on down at the rail. It is Vacoma who's going to win the run. Happy Met Mile. Vacoma the winner. Now, every year, the Met Mile pretty much is one of the bigger races of the year. You know, it always has, it's always a nice race. It always has a nice horse. And this year really was no different with Vacoma just dominating the Met Mile and really stamped himself that day as being, okay, he's legit. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, this Vacoma, uh, he is another one we've kind of forgotten about, right? Because he hasn't ran in, in forever. This was his last race. Freaking this is July 4th. I mean, so, you, but you look at the sprint and it's like, well, I mean, shit, he should probably win it, right? So, but yeah, this may have been like one of the best efforts of the year because that meant Mile was absolutely loaded and this horse just laid it on the line and, and held everybody off. So, um, yeah, the biggest problem is the layoff again. Uh, you know, this was a win and you're in for the dirt mile. It doesn't sound like he's going there. It sounds like he's going to the sprint. And the sprint really is another division where we've lost some horses or some horses have fallen on form a little bit that we thought were really good at the beginning. Um, so he he should be a pretty big favorite in there. And it's just going to be a matter of if, can they get him ready to fire huge off of, the, you know, what is that, four months layoff? But uh, yeah, it'd be four months. So 
that's that's troublesome. But <laughs> other than that, I feel pretty good about his chance. I mean, this, this horse has just been awesome this year. I mean, until then, right? I mean, he yeah. he kind of just is slowly becoming, uh, you know, like you like you kind of like wasn't you weren't really for sure what he was, um, and then he ran that race that day in the Met Mile, and you thought, oh, okay, you know, because he had he had come into the year obviously. Um, last seen running into the uh, in the Kentucky Derby, you know, and, and it wasn't good. And so long layoff, and then won at Goldstone Park, then won the Carter impressively, and then of course won the uh, the Met Mile impressively. And so you're like, okay, this horse, it's three in a row, and obviously a, a great one there. We beat Network Effect, beat Code of Honor, beat Warriors Charge, beat McKenzie, beat Mr. Freeze, beat Endorse, beat Hog Creek Hustle. All horses that are still running that are very, you know, at least half of those are very good horses. Um, Code yeah. of Honor, Warriors Charge, McKenzie, Mr. Freeze has just, just really won impressively. Um, Endorse isn't a bad horse at all. Hawk Creek Hustle's still running, you know, so it's like, that was a salty field. And he kind of thrashed him, you know, went gate to wire yeah. and just really impressive. And so if that horse can do it at a mile, if they're running, if they decide they're going to run the sprint, yeah, I mean, if he, if, as long as he's good off that layoff, I mean, he's going to be really tough to no beat. Doubt. No doubt. Um, this is a British Cup winning ran for the Dirt Mile, like you mentioned. There's a few people <laughs> talking about Nick's go on here. Uh, people love Nick's go. <laughs> Great. Now I have I have to find that soundbite now because I'll have to throw it into the actual podcast. <laughs> Nick's go. Heather was so trash that podcast, but um oh man she she was having a good time that was her birthday that, yeah. she, that was all she wanted for her birthday was to come on and talk about nick's go and that did not work well for her but no but think about it she could she predicted this was going to happen way before it was cool you know <laughs> <laughs> was the sam f davis i think that was the sam f davis that she thought he would win yep. yeah uh, wow that's hard to believe yeah. that, that talk about a long time ago all right talk about a shit performance all right we got two left and yeah, we got very two of the top contenders of the classic so we'll see who made two and one all right number two the awesome again a quarter to go take the 101 still with a two-length lead improbable finding his best stride he's starting to move in maximum security will be in between them but it's improbable who has taken command with an authoritative run from last to first what a star improbable has turned into as he is going to romp in the awesome again improbable and drayden van dyke could not have been more impressive as they win by five that's right the awesome again with improbable just absolutely running in a probable race running from last at one point thought there was a, i mean i think there was a point in that race for at least for me where you're like are they gonna like are we gonna see this horse get pulled up is this horse about to get pulled up like there was that's how weird it was that he was so far back seemingly out of it and then my goodness just <laughs> just blew <laughs> around the rest of the field like they were sitting still including maximum security is his stable mate in midcourt, yeah, I mean, you could argue this was not a great field. But he did run right by Maximum Security, who will be a second or third choice in the Classic. I mean, it's Maximum Security. This race had to make the list, obviously. Had to be very low on the list because he probably will be the favorite of the Classic. Yeah, I mean, I had I had somebody email me today talking about this race. <laughs> 
And he said, "There's," he said, the "Improbable is trash because Bob Baffert sent Maximum Security out to be a rabbit, and it was all set up, and it's all about politics." So there you go. But th- uh, this was the weirdest. Yeah, that's what I have interaction with over email. Did he ever respond? Oh yeah, yeah. He's given me all kinds of advice. He says, uh, "He said just so you know, Bob Baffert's got some three-year-olds. They're going to be pretty good next year." He told me about that. Um, good. But uh, who cares? Because if you get eight to ten great three-year-olds every year, what difference does it make? Yeah, I've I've had a lot of talks with the, with him today, but. Uh, as far as improbable goes, don't you love your job? I love it. In this race, as far as improbable <laughs> goes, um, yeah, I, I'm watching it right now as I'm talking about it, and it, I, I'm with you. I like. I, I thought, well, I picked improbable, and he's going to get pulled up. So that's great. Hate that horse. And then he, he uh, made me proud that day. It was a great race. I thought, and I thought he showed another dimension in this spot, which was huge and something that he might need. I don't think he needs to be last at the Breeders' Cup. But he can sit off the lead and, and pounce and just fly by horses. That was that's what he showed me there. And listen, this is probably your Breeders' Cup Classic favorite right now. Um, he finished number one on the Breeders' Cup media poll, which kind of what you try to determine there is who's going to be the favorite in the race. So right. I mean, I think he's going to be like a seven to two type favorite, but. Three grade one wins in a row, and he goes into the Breeders' Cup as the leading contender for Horse of the Year. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean anything because it's going to be determined in that race. Whoever wins is most likely going to be Horse of the Year unless it's a huge upset. So, um, But he, right. he's the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak. So if you, if, if you compare it to a golf tournament after three rounds, Improbable is the leader. He's just got one round to go, um, but it, which is almost insane to say thinking about how much this horse has kind of been disappointing and then how good he's been this year. But, but listen, this awesome again was, was awesome. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 yeah, you're right. As far as a, like just a frustrating, I mean, this horse hasn't won three straight races in, in, since his debut. I mean, he, he, he went, he went, went yeah. and won three straight and then second, the rebel second, uh, in the Arkansas Derby, you know, fourth, the Kentucky Derby is a favorite Preakness six, Shared belief he won. Pennsylvania Derby he was fourth. The Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile last year he was fifth. Uh, you know the Oakland Mile, which we talked about a second ago, uh, to start off the year he got beat by Tom's Diatot. It was second, and then after that it's like something clicked, and you know this horse has won rattled off three three in a row, three Grade Ones, and you know the Sansonita, the the Hollywood Gold Cup, and of course the Awesome Again. Yeah, the Awesome Again. Definitely beating maximum security—that's a—that's a claim to fame for sure. The way he beat him, especially, but also you like you talk about he flew you know, between those two races, flies out to Saratoga, and yeah. goes and just really was romps in the Whitney basically and beat and, I, and we talked about it. You know, Tom Stiatot, bad start, had a lot of excuses that day, but he beat him. He beat by my standards, who was a pretty good horse, like we mentioned, Code of Honor. He beat. Um, so like it was another good field, and so. To me, that that race in itself, traveling a horse that you know better than most, a horse that looked for any way to lose, and traveling all the way out to, to Saratoga and, do, and being, you know, getting it done. Do you think, I've heard this a little bit, uh, you know, and you and I have kind of talked about this off air a little bit too, but do you think the fact that there has been no fans has changed his game because you gotta remember you know this is a horse that you know that uh other than the oakland mile which he you know he he, he ran he ran we ran well that day um yeah. this year i was just say he's ran he's been a different horse i mean no fans yeah. do you think as a horse it's been such a 
fluky horse, freaky out in gates, and just been kind of a, his own worst enemy, so to speak. Do you think that's been a big deal for him? No doubt. He's an idiot. And, and the fact that he hasn't had to deal with that is, is huge. It's very huge. Uh, I, I can't really say it any, any better than that. This horse is a freaking moron. And the fact that he hasn't really acted up this year, yeah, but, you know, it, it tells me everything you need to know. I mean, you look, you think back to some of his antics last year. I mean, that Pennsylvania Derby was just, I, I can't even, I can't even think about it without getting sick how dumb he was in that and how he let that collection of shit beat him you know i've I mean, never seen really... you more mad about a, a horse well game. and then he and then just a just a, the breeders cup was worse you know <laughs> they talked about leading up to that breeders cup oh my god he's the best he's ever been he looks amazing he gets to the paddock and he's just a nightmare and he didn't i mean like he tossed it in after like a quarter of a mile that day i mean that was just embarrassing so uh yeah, yeah he, he's just uh yeah i he, i think the fans not being there's got a lot to do with his success he's not wanting people back let's put it that way and you know the thing about him that gives me confidence and let's let's use that very lightly here um uh, with him is that it you know when he was a, a juvenile and he was you know he he ran if people don't remember this ran on the undercard of the breeders cup um at churchill downs that year you know two years ago and for bob baffert I'm like oh this is the freak you know this is the horse like this guy is uh of course game winner went on later that day to win as well in the juvenile but you're like this is this guy is awesome you know this is bob baffert's horse and you know very lightly raced and of course was uh similar uh ownerships uh, to justify and you know you kind of you get like all right this is it's this all makes sense and so he's had a lot of hype and a lot of hope for a long time and obviously the gap between him debuting and now there was a lot of shit you know so that's what kind of rubs you the wrong way but if you kind of try to block that out and like okay this horse has always been highly regarded and now he's running to that level it maybe gives you a little more confidence that you know he is finally what they've thought he would be all along and he just took forever to um to develop but you know it's he's one that he can make you look stupid and you well, know and you know that better than anybody i'll say this and this trust me this is not i'm not like bragging on myself but the like something that i from from really early in the game and i don't know why this is I've been able to spot when a horse is going to be really good early. And after that sh uh, a street sense race at Churchill, I, I really felt like this is the next big Baffert horse. And then he ran really well at, at Los Al. And then it's like, I'm ready to see him as a three-year-old. And he comes to Oakland for the Rebel and he gets beat by long range Toddy. And from that moment on, it was just like a just a shit show for this horse. After that, it's like he put the it put the curse on him. You know, he comes back to the Arkansas Derby, and I thought he ran. He was god awful in the Arkansas Derby before the race. He was nuts in the paddock. It was raining like crazy, so yeah. they couldn't saddle him in the infield. They had to saddle him in the paddock. He about killed somebody down there. He was awful in the post parade. He ran away from the post parade, and he still got second in the Arkansas Derby to Omaha Beach, and he. I'm not saying he gave him a scare, but he was common. And then it's just like, derby, awful. Freakness, awful. Comes back, shared belief. It's like, okay, maybe I was right. Maybe this horse is good again. And then the Pennsylvania Derby hit. 
And that was my last <laughs> You're just like, I'm done. Put him down. I can't you do know? it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I hate him, you know? Uh, but we were, anyway. We were sitting there on the, by the, like, on the table on, like, near the rail at the Pennsylvania Derby. And, of course, Haltman had picked him. And and uh, we were obviously in the paddock as well before the race. And he's acting like an idiot. And he's just, you could tell. You could just see Haltman's demeanor just... He was getting more pissed as to get closer to the start of the race, and then he starts acting up in the gate, and he's just like, "Son of a bitch!" Like he, he, he was like, you, he, he pretty much had already ripped up his ticket before they even went out because you're like, "This damn horse is doing it to me again," and sure enough, he did. And well, and then he's right there, and he wouldn't he wouldn't pass him. He's like, he's still after, after all the shit. He's right there, and it's like math wizard that he's got to beat, and he's like, he's fourth in the race, and it's like. You're on, like, just pass him. You're right there. Sorry. I mean, how do you get that, the guy that can't pass Math Wizard in the Pennsylvania Derby, to the horse that just flew by all of them like they were sitting still in the awesome again? I mean, that's just, yeah, I'm talking about a, a year difference. And I mean, he looks like, literally looks like a different horse. So, so three, three straight grade one wins, and, and he hasn't been close to losing any of them. So, <laughs> the only horse to beat him was Thompson Tot. I mean, <laughs> this year, this year. So, that's what I have to, I just have to forget about all, you know, it, it's love-hate. I loved him as a two-year-old, hate him as a three-year-old, love him again at four. So. <laughs> when you, when you, when you undoubtedly type his name in the site, improbable for your pick in the Breeders' Cup Classic, I'm sure you'll have a little bit of hesitation. So. Well, I, I put my preliminary picks out today and I, I couldn't do it. I put Tis the Law as the pick. I just couldn't write improbable. <laughs> Couldn't do it. He's one that you got to play and yeah. uh, makes sense to play. Speaking of a horse that makes sense to play, and we'll see, and another horse that's got horse of the year right on this race, her last race, number one, the Preakness Stakes. And they're into the stretch, and it's Swiss Skydiver, the Philly, and the Kentucky Derby winner authentic. They are nose to nose as they arrive at the final furlong. Swiss Skydiver digs in at the rail. Authentic on the outside. These two putting on a show. The Derby winner in the Philly. Swiss Skydiver inside. Authentic outside. They're nose to nose all the way to the wire. And it is going to be a photo finish. Was it the Philly? Swiss Skydiver. I think she did it. That's right. The Preakness makes her number one on the list. It is undoubtedly... Not just the best race of the Breeders' Cup preps, but it might be the race of the year between Swiss Skydiver and your Kentucky Derby winner, Authentic, just throwing it down, down the stretch, just back and forth, and just seemingly, I think it's going to get by the whole way. Swiss Skydiver will not let him get by. I mean, this horse, you talk about the campaign this horse has had that's going to basically come to an end uh as far as this year goes at keeneland a, a track that she you know has has ran at this year um she's just unbelievable i mean you talk you look back at 2020 she got fifth in the tampa at tampa bay in a ungraded stakes race she goes and gets third in the rachel alexandra at fairgrounds then she goes to goldstream park and wins the goldstream park oaks then she wins the fantasy at oakland then she wins the santa anita oaks at santa anita she finishes second in the bluegrass um, she finishes first in the Alabama, going a mile and a quarter, same distance as the Classic. Uh, she finishes second in the Kentucky Oaks to a freak performance, She Dares the Devil, who's no longer running. 
Uh, and then wins the Preakness against the Derby winner, Authentic, at Pimlico. She's ran a different race all, at a different track all year long. And now she's back at Keeneland. Her first time she's ran this year at another track <laughs> that she's already ran at, which is pretty remarkable to think about. If she wins this race, Halterman, I mean, what? I guess let's first talk about the Preakness. How awesome was the Preakness? This has to be, like you, this has to be the number one. Yeah, this is the race of the year, no doubt. Uh, so far, so far, going into the Breeders' Cup, uh, you know, this is the race of the year. It was exciting, a stretch duel, you know, female beating a male. It had it all, right? I mean, it was just a great story. Uh, you know, the best female uh, three-year-old versus the best at the time male three-year-old. Don't know if that'll hold up, but at that time, you could say he was squaring off in the last leg of the Triple Crown, you know, stretch duel all the way. It had everything. Uh, it was exciting. Um Boy, I don't really know what you do with Swiss Skydiver in the Classic. Right now, I'm kind of just a player on deep tickets, you know? And that's kind of it. I I just, I can't get behind her to win. And Authentic, I I think he's just going to play a huge factor in what the pace looks like and how that sets up. But, you know, they're both going to be big factors in the Classic. They both deserve to be there. There's absolutely no question about that. And and they're not going to get beat bad i know that right like they're going to be there you know they're not going to get embarrassed these these two and they're running numbers that are that are similar and, and can be comparable so yeah I, i'm 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 glad you put this one number one i definitely thought it was the number one race uh and, and you know it, it definitely deserved it not not only number one of the of the breeders cup preps but the best all season you know that's one of those things is you know we we are fans first and foremost of the game and, and neither one of us, you know, we were both, did we think she would run poorly in the Preakness? No. Did we think she would win? No way. Um, we were much, very much against her as far as a winning bet. Yet when they hit the top of the stretch and we had picked authentic, you're still just, you're the fan in you comes out where you're just like, Holy shit, this is, this is awesome. You know, like you don't, for a second, you don't even care. Like you, you just it's just amazing to see these two horses go at it and to me that's what drives you know a race like this is making the number one here and and not just that you're talking about maybe the two top uh three-year-olds you know uh, going at it in in the preakness i mean how can you you know and they're both going to run the classic and they both have horse of the year on the line so yeah there's a lot riding on that as they move forward it's just it's kind of unbelievable that we have the three horses that won the three legs of the Triple Crown this year, all with a yep. shot to win Horse of the Year. Um, it, it's Unreal. not something I can ever remember happening. Um, you know, as far as when we, since we've been following, where you have a, the horse that won each leg running all against each other in the same race with Horse of the Year on the line against other older horses that also have Horse of the Year on the line. It's just it's pretty remarkable the way you think about it that way. Um, you know. Swiss Skydiver, Authentic, Tis the Law, Improbable, Maximum Security, uh, Tom's Diatot, all six of those could win the Breeders' Cup. They're probably Horse of the Year. And so, it, yep. you know, and, and like you mentioned before, Swiss Skydiver were to win the Breeders' Cup Classic. She becomes not only a horse that wins Horse of the Year, but she's a horse that is one of the better uh, three-year-old fillies we've ever seen, ever. Yep, yep. Um, a lot on the line for her, no doubt. And I think you and I both agree uh, that you know, it makes sense. Like, run her in, you know, go for, go for, you know, 
history. You know, this. What do you have to lose? Go. If she's eligible. She she won a win. You're in, right? The Preakness was a win. You're in for the classic. Try it. Go for it. I mean, I would I would much rather try. Like, can you imagine winning, going and winning? Say she goes and they run her in the distaff instead, and she throw it just just ravages Monomoy girl, and you're like, holy shit! Like they should have ran in a classic. Like imagine, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well do it, right? If assuming that she's she's fine, she's right. Um, which it's hard to believe. Just the campaign she's had that she's yeah. still here answering the call. I mean, even the times yeah. she's lost, she's. She shows up. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Even when, even in the Preakness, we, we weren't high on her before the race. She was like, she won't get embarrassed. We know that. You know, like, she's a filly that deserves to be there. And we'll say the same thing about her in the Classic. But, you know, obviously the waters get deeper with each step you take. And this is going to be an awful tough race. But, but yeah, a lot on the line. And, and yeah, either horse that wins, the, either horse that finished first or second there in the Preakness, if they can win the Classic, they're probably going to be horse of the year. And that's exciting because you can say that for a lot of horses that are going to be in that race. Yeah, it's that. I mean, you talk about getting butterflies in your stomach before a race. That classic. If we can get, if we that's going to be big these, time. Yeah, these field, this field to as it stands today, it'd be so odd too. You know, you and I will be amongst a handful of people watching that race live, and for that kind of history and and, and results on the line. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable to think about watching that race um, in person. Yes, but, it is. Uh, yeah, no doubt. But yeah, Swiss Skydiver makes, hard to believe, right? Makes our number one race of the Breeders' Cup prep season. <laughs> number one, the Preakness Stakes. <laughs> so all the time we have, check out RacingDudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our Handicap Products page with the products link at the main menu at RacingDudes.com to learn more. Remember, we're already beginning our work on the all-inclusive wagering guide to the 2020 Breeders' Cup at Keeneland on November 6th and 7th. Subscribe to Racing News Premium. Get this wagering guide for free. Pre-sale will begin soon on our products page at racingnews.com. And remember to be on the lookout for that supplemental guide that will be available free on the website covering the 14 trends to the Breeders' Cup. Basically, one important trend for every race at the Breeders' Cup that's turned out to be very helpful in the past year. So look for that. Uh, we're currently covering 30-plus tracks, all offering free picks. We're on Twitter, at RacingNewsRoadDunes, Instagram, and Facebook. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, if you want at RacingDudes.com. Remember to go check out the Magic Mike show. They did the uh, the Golden Hour, or no, Golden Shower. Is it Golden Shower or Golden Hour? Golden Shower, yeah. Golden Shower. They did the Golden Shower uh, today, <laughs> the pick four. It's a, it's a new shower sequence that combines the last two races of, of the day as Santa Anita and Golden Gate. So make sure you go listen to them as well for that if you actually want some handicapping for the weekend. And, of course, go to racingnews.com for all our picks and premium selections for the weekend. Uh, Halterman, how are you feeling about your big uh, OU win? And what was that, four over t- overtimes, three overtimes? Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. You know, um, over Texas. I'm ecstatic we won. Uh, I'm really happy for, yes, yes, for sure. Uh, I'm really happy for the players. The players deserved to win that game. Uh, you know, they, they, they got failed by a coach making $8 million a year and, and really just tried to blow the game pretty much the whole game. Uh, and his players who have bailed him out for three years, uh, they, they, they got a lot of young guys. And they haven't been able to bail him out of his dumbass coaching for the for, for this season. But they they grew up at the Texas game and were able to do it. Uh, really, just 
one of the more wild games I've ever watched. Spencer Rattler, five-star quarterback, gets benched in the first half, and rightfully so. He was god-awful. Comes back in the second half, plays better, and then uh, in overtime plays fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we won. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Rick James. Rick James, you ruined my speech. <laughs> Listen, I don't know, Rick, Rick. I don't know who you are, dude, but you're freaking hilarious. I'm Rick James, bitch. Rick James says, Golden Shower, next show, the Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> Magic knows would, all about would, that one, I bet. <laughs> I would tune in for the Cleveland Steamer, Rick. Okay? I would definitely tune in for that. <laughs> oh, shit. That's great. Oh, wow. Great. Okay, yeah. But yeah, so yeah. OU's back. You're, no, they're yeah. not back. They're not back. I'll tell you what about, about OU. Uh, it's becoming more and more clear. <laughs> OU, it's all about the quarterback play, right? Like, they're the same team every year under Riley. Like, shit defense but they got a great quarterback. And so Rattler, even though he was really, he's been pretty good all year, he wasn't elite. We saw him be elite in the fourth quarter in overtime. And, and so, oh, you won. But when they don't have elite quarterback play, they're very average. So something to look for the rest of the season. Uh, that's, I mean, it's pretty much a waste of the season. Anyway. Well, I mean, and that's been their, I mean, look at the quarterbacks that have come through there. I mean, they, They've well, been absolutely. able to be built yeah. out because they have had exceptional yeah. quarterbacks come through there. Um, Baker, Kyler, and now uh, Spencer. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's – or Kyler, I guess, and Baker. And, and I've been – I mean, what would you rank – Kyler, has he been the number one through the last – I think Kyler Murray was a be- is a better player for sure. Yeah, yeah, than Baker. But Baker kind of – Baker is number one in, like because he was at OU three years. So, you know, he, he has more popularity. But, as, you know, as far as a better – I think Kyler Murray's a better player than Baker Mayfield. What about Jalen Hurts? He had some playing time this week, I saw. Well, you, you know, and Jalen, you know, last year the thing he was able to do was control the ball because he ran the ball so well. And OU, you know, they had several options. And they could kind of hide their defense because they could they could kind of run over, you know, the Big 12 teams. Uh, and so, yeah, they had an identity, I guess, offensively. They were kind of struggling to find one this year because they got a lot of young guys. Uh, so they're starting to kind of find it now. But anyway. There is not, you know, and I, I watched the, uh, what, I, what is it on Netflix, the the QB1 or whatever. Which yeah. Mr. Rattler yeah, was yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, so I knew who he was, you know, uh, you did too, but headed into the season. And it's like, he's, he's such a punk. I mean, yeah. he really is. Like, he looks like an idiot. He mm-hmm. takes his helmet off. You're like, dude, you are just you, everything about you look like an idiot. Like, just have some class, you know. And yeah. and I, I don't know. Like, he just I can't get behind. Like, I, he rubs me the wrong way. Guys like Kyler oh, and even Baker, who I know showboat a little bit and stuff. But you kind of you 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 get behind that, you know, because oh, he yeah. was like pumped up and and I don't know something. But it, it, with him uh, and Kyler, obviously, and even Jalen, he was a, a leader. Sure. But um. Yeah, Spencer, man, I don't know. He just rubs me the wrong way. I can't stand him. I can't stand him at all, But <laughs> to be honest. He's a good quarterback, uh, yeah. though. I mean, he can throw the yeah, hell out of the is. ball. So Yeah, he is, and and it's it's, it's a weird situation for me because I, I, I'm with you. Like, he makes me kind of sick when I look at him It, it just because he's just a, arrogant. And like I said, he's, he's, Faker was super arrogant, but he also was kind of a 
yeah, you know, I could go have some beers with that dude. You know, he's kind of a just a dude. Where this guy's just like you're just like a punk, like just you're a like punk I don't kid. know how to talk to you. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't even, you know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Kyler, you loved him because he just plays. You know, he, there's nothing really yeah. cocky about him even. Yeah. And Baker's kind of that guy you rally around if he's on your team. And Jalen is just a he's a good dude. You know, like I felt sorry for him because he just wasn't as good as those two guys, but he was still you know likable. This kid is not likable at all. <laughs> and he just beat texas and i'm like i don't like him that well <laughs> yeah he yeah. his his career you know especially depending on what happens to lincoln and whatever um right. his career will be interesting to watch because yeah. you know he's 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 i don't know like you could just see him going a couple different ways as far yeah. as career goes um you think about him being in the nfl right now and he'd get absolutely murdered. Like he might die on the field. Like he, because he needs to be, he needs to grow, he needs to develop. And so, obviously, Lincoln being a good coach for that in that regard, as far as yes. being an offensive mind, I mean that's important. But if he go, if he leaves or they gets fired, all of a sudden you got this little punk that got world talent. That now what, what happens to him? You know. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to this kid. Yeah, he's he's kind of been he's been really good, and he's also been really frustrating because he does have elite elite talent like big time talent but he's also he makes a lot of mistakes but again he's he's young and you know he doesn't have the luxury of having cd lamb you know like these other guys did we don't have a top receiver at the moment they they're all young they're trying to develop they're trying to get the next cd lamb going and they probably have one they just had he's not there yet you know i don't know if they have it cd lamb is was a freak like that's the best receiver they've ever had they don't have that but they've got big time guys that they're trying to get going right now, but uh, anyway, CD Lamb, man, he's uh, he's playing well. Oh, he's a he's been great in the, for the Cowboys already. So. He's you know, OU's had a lot of great receivers over the years, a lot of great players. He's right up there, one of the best I've ever watched at OU. I mean, that guy's a, just a freak, elite skills. Oh yeah, you could just watch. I mean, yeah. I I told you right this moment I like saw him. It was that game. Uh, it was the game before his senior well was he a senior or junior when he left yeah he was a junior when he left so you're talking you're so, talking about the so alabama. sophomore year yeah, yeah the alabama yeah. game whenever it was, was it malcolm brown that was hurt yeah and and i was like i texted you i was like dude hollywood brown he's yeah. he's your star man yeah. hollywood yeah. brown yeah sorry uh not not the rams running back um here i gotta uh, field this question real quick what about rambo he sucks they i'm so sick of rambo that guy has had so much hype here's the deal about rambo he has no he has no like you know escapability whatsoever. He's just a straight line runner. You get him out in open space and he's quick and you think he can make plays, he can't make plays. And that's been the biggest problem. You know, he's built like a Hollywood Brown, uh, like a Mark Clayton, like a Sterling Shepard, and that's kind of what they need him to be. And he's not that guy. He can't make anybody miss. You you run him a bubble screen and he just dances around and they get a yard. So I, I'm not a fan of Rambo at all. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I can't believe somebody asked me an OU question. That's the first time I got to answer that. I was really excited. And I just trashed him, yeah, yeah. so that's good. Trash. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, I am his cousin. Yeah, so, right. um, yeah, it's a, he's <laughs> like, well, I was a big fan of the racing dudes, but not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Unsubscribe. You'll get an email from uh, Rambo's Well, here's, what the, here's the deal. Some of it is I think they're misusing Rambo because what I would do with him I would just run him on a lot of go routes. He would be my deep guy. 
I quit trying to throw the ball to him in space and just and just try to try to get him going vertical because he's very fast and it maybe he can get by some guys. I mean, hey, was uh was was a random question, but you're a college guy, and this is we'll, we'll, we'll stop the college podcast after this. Um, DK Metcalf was he uh like I don't remember him being like star power in at Mississippi. Oh, he, you don't remember it because he what he. His teams weren't that great, but no, he like he wasn't like a a guy that you know you're gonna think oh he's a can't miss type of guy in the NFL. He was really good, but you knew he. Well, I was gonna say you could see it going. last year a little bit, like he showed signs, but then it wasn't quite yeah. there. And he's, I mean, the the type of improvement from last year to this year has been exponential, and he looks like and yes. he's built. He kind of looks like, you know, what he looks like, and I mean, he's not there yet, but. He, you know, like he's like the new Megatron, you know, like tall, fast, mm-hmm. just could make Big, any catch. Yeah. Like he, he's got some improvement, obviously, to get there, but he's showing to where he can be very, very dependable. And obviously, his size makes him elite. That was the big thing. It caught like his size was very noticeable, and they used that size. But the other parts of his game, it wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, he's a can't miss type guy. Yeah, but yeah. His yeah, route running's really, really improved good. this year for sure, and it helps when you've got undoubtedly um, your front runner for MVP, Russell Wilson, throwing the ball to you. Yeah, um, who seemingly just literally chucks it straight up in the air, and it can drop on a dime fifty yards down the field. So he's the only one that can kind of rival like the crazy throws that Mahomes makes. I'm not saying he's Mahomes, but he can make some just crazy plays where it's like yeah i don't really think there's another quarterback that can really do that you know that game sunday night was a hell of a game yeah hell of a game game. Uh, and and somehow the guy on the other side of the ball played really well in that game and he can do that sometimes and i don't get him he's the most frustrating player at times you watch cousins and it's like god damn like he's decent and then at times you watch him and it's like how the hell is he in the league i know but i feel like sometimes the games that he is playing well. He almost looks surprised. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> yeah, like I did it. I caught, he, he caught another touchdown. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I, t- I text you or somebody. We were watching the game. Maybe it had to be you. Maybe it was our group, our fantasy group. And I said something similar. I was like, look at Cousins. He looks shocked. <laughs> but they just, he just threw that pass. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's cousins, and then you you know you'll feel good about him, and then he'll throw four picks next week. So um, yeah, that, and that that's that's what he does. So um, all right, that wraps up the football podcast. Uh, I, was hoping, right. I was hoping I'd get another sooner question. Nobody asked. Yeah, you pissed off the one guy that cared about. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he logged out. Yeah. So yeah. Rambo, he's a Rambo fan. So, um, but yeah. So next week we will have uh, hopefully have John White on the pod. So. You and I won't have too much talking on that one. Nope. <laughs> and uh, then the next week, we'll have pre-entries. We'll have a little bit more detailed handicapping as far as these races go. And then the next week, uh, depending on when we do it, we either will be live from uh, Lexington doing the pod, or we might do it and then go to Lexington. So uh, we'll see. But, yeah, the dudes will be there. So lots to, lots to come in the Breeders' Cup coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Okay, good deal. You're not you're not Rambo. Thank you. Well, <laughs> yeah. Rambo is the is our most veteran guy, so that's why you've heard a lot about him. But he's not great. <laughs> go ahead. There you go. Halterman <laughs> knows everything about everything of OU. So that's true. I've been a season ticket holder for twenty. 
one years now. Yeah. So. But not this year, right? Well, I technically am, but I, I can't go. They, they only allowed basically donors to go. So. Right. But I do still yeah. have them. So, sort of, you know. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> so you'll be back next year. Yep. Oh, yeah. So you won't get to, you know, watch them on their national title run this year. So that's, that's yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, all right. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this weekend. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>